is Florence Brummer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I am a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999, and throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between my work and my life. And the topic I want to talk about today is um, working too much and what that can mean for you. So before I get to that, and to kind of ease our way into it, just want to give an update of the last couple of weeks. So I went to a conference in San Francisco the first couple of days of November. It was my first in-person traveling conference since COVID. And I have to tell you, it felt great. You get so, or at least I do, I get so much more out of a conference when it is out of the office, number one. Um, it's pretty good if it's in like Phoenix and I have to like leave my office to go, but I'm also sort of too close. Um, but when I am out of state, it's like, hey, I'm out of state. I can't run back to the office. I can't really do anything. And it just really was like about learning. And it was a federal sentencing, um, federal sentencing, I don't know, preparation um, seminar. And it was plenaries. So where you would hear, you know, different um, speakers, all the speakers were excellent. And then you had a small group where you worked one-on-one on writing assignments. And it was really great to like work in a small group and bounce ideas off each other. It was so fun. One thing I forgot to tell you, my last, um, my last, um, podcast was when I went to Universal Studios, I, I buried the lead on something really big that happened. I saw Justin Bieber there and Justin Bieber is like a huge star. And I also saw Kendall Jenner and I also saw Devin Booker from the Suns, who to me is a huge star and um, also the boyfriend of Kendall Jenner. I think Kendall Jenner and Haley Bieber, Justin's wife, are good friends or best friends. I didn't see her, but I saw Justin Bieber about two feet in front of me. Our, I was on a tour for, with, um, like a universal tour guide. And one of the mazes this year was the weekends. Like it was his music and, uh, sort of like a video slash nightmare that he, uh, had, and it was, it was a really cool maze, actually. And then after the maze, they brought you to this little lounge for, like, hanging out. And you could have a drink drink, which I didn't because <laughs> I just, I'm just a total lightweight. I mean, for me to be even out late was a huge deal. Um, so they brought us to the lounge afterwards. And there was music and soda and water and drinks if you wanted them that you, you know, purchased separately. But... Um, I was, uh, not into that. And then when we were leaving that maze, I said to our tour guide, I said, well, has the weekend ever come to 
you know, see his maze. He's like, oh yeah, like several times he's been here. I'm like, well, that's a very cool. And I said, well, what other celebrities, you know, have you seen? And he had said, you know, Blake Lively had been there with her kids a few weeks before, not for Halloween Horror Nights. Justin Timberlake was there. Um, those are the two big ones that I can remember. Selena Gomez, I think, was there for Halloween Horror Nights. Like, big names. And he goes, he goes, you didn't hear it from me, but I hear Justin Bieber's here tonight. And we were asking questions like, why, you know, how does that work? Because he's, you know, a huge celebrity. He says, oh, he's, you know, has a ton of security. It's very discreet. They kind of bring him around to the back. And I told him, I said, well, I'm going to see him tonight because my super my superpower is that I can spot celebrities. And I, um, and, and this has happened to me a lot. I spotted Casey Affleck on a plane. Nobody was talking to him. And I went and talked to him. And I'm not like crazy, <laughs> not that crazy, but, um, you know, I was up, uh, going to the bathroom on the plane and he got up and I said, are you Casey? And he's like, yeah, I go, hi, I'm Florence. <laughs> it's like very like discreet. And he's like, oh, hi, Florence. Like who's Florence? You know, um, I saw Slash when we were in Disneyland and a lot of people really weren't seeing him and, um, Anyways, for uh, Universal, I saw a woman with a beautiful face. And I my thought was, she looks like Kendall Jenner. And not thinking it was Kendall Jenner, because I just figured it was a person who looked like her. But all my brain just started firing. And I'm like, oh, wait, Kendall Jenner, supermodel, this, you know, the, um, it, friends with Justin Bieber's wife. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing it. And then I looked, you know, directly next to her is Devin Booker. And I'm like, well, this is it. There's going to be Justin Bieber. And they sort of paraded them right in front of us. And they walked like, I don't know, a foot in front of us. Like we were waiting in this area to get on a tram. And the tram we were supposed to get on, they made us wait so they could put um, Justin Bieber and his friends on it. So that was a bit of excitement. So anyways, that was a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to share it. I can't believe I forgot it when I was talking to you in my last podcast. So in the last two weeks, um, it's, it was Halloween, actual Halloween. I had a hearing on Halloween. I had to do a couple of meetings that day. I was working my hardest to keep Halloween free. Because Halloween it really is a big deal for my family. It is a it's a holiday we really look forward to. Like we go all out. And now I have the grandkids and we do trick-or-treating with them and we dress up. So um, you know, my one grandson lives with me and then my other grandson came over, we got them dressed. I was going to dress up and then decided, nah. We didn't feel like it. By Monday night, I just was tired. But we walked around the neighborhood, and everyone was super festive, and we talked to neighbors. A bunch of our neighbors, I mean, what nice people. They were giving out full-size candy bars. They had um, shots for the parents. Just super cute. One of our neighbors did this whole Game of Thrones thing. 
It was so much fun. But I had court early the next day. So that was a bummer. So for dinner, I made Sloppy Joe's. We had like a just a super easy dinner. Sloppy Joe's and fries. And went trick-or-treating. And then I went up to bed. Put on a scary movie. I think I fell asleep to watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I usually watch all the Nightmare on Elm Streets every Halloween. I watched the remake this year and, a, and a half of the original, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, but I never ended up finishing it. I had a 7 a.m. telephonic hearing that was out of Connecticut, and then I had an 8.30 in-person hearing in Surprise, and then I had appointments at the office. This is November 1st. This is right after Halloween, so I'm just so disappointed. Because the last thing, you know, I really wanted to do was have to jump up and spend the entire day in court. It was a very long day, but actually went okay. And so Wednesday night, I'm leaving for my trip to go to my conference. So Wednesday, I scheduled a couple of meetings. And then I left probably about 2 o'clock to get ready for my trip. And it's a three-day intensive conference that I'm going to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I took a 9 p.m. flight on Wednesday. And I thought that would be better because I could work all day on Wednesday. I wouldn't use it as a day to be out of the office. But it ended up being really late because it was a 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. flight. I'm usually in bed between 8 and 9. And to the conference, I brought all my I'm preparing for this really big hearing. I brought all that stuff with me as well. I brought my uniform for conferences, which is all black. Um, all black pants, all black shirts, all black jackets, boots. I bring a pair of heels, which I only wore the first day, and uh, black um, tennis shoes. So I took the 9 p.m. flight. I'm exhausted. Like, I'm exhausted. I don't sleep on the plane. I kind of close my eyes and relax a little bit. I get to the hotel. It's midnight. And I have to be up at 6.30 a.m. And it was really dark. I don't know if it's... I don't know. It wasn't daylight savings time, so we weren't on a different time zone. But the sun just felt like it didn't come up till like 8. <laughs> um, the hotel was wonderful. I had this really nice room that um, when you looked out one of the windows, you could see the Bay Bridge and uh, the ocean. And I guess maybe that part's just the Bay, but you could see the water and some of the other buildings. And it was nice. I went to the conference on Thursday and was really tired, to be honest. And I had lunch at House of uh, Nanking, which is a Chinese restaurant that you have to go to when you are in San Francisco, a lot of times people will just say, Hey, cook for me. Like I like chicken or I'm vegetarian. That's what I have done a hundred percent of the time. It seemed, I haven't been there since before COVID. It seemed like maybe things were working a little bit different. It looked like people were just ordering off the menu. So I ordered off the menu. I had these onion cakes and I also had like these mushrooms Everything was super flavorful, like really good. But I was dragging. The whole day I was dragging. So I left a little bit early 
and I went to Fisherman's Wharf to walk around. Surprisingly and disappointingly, half of the stuff was closed. Like, it looks like it has been hit very hard by COVID. I went to the Wax Museum. They had a really good wax figure of Beyonce. But the two that got me, that I stood and stared at, because I was so sure they were going to come alive. I've never seen such real-looking wax figures in my life was Steven Spielberg and Morgan Freeman. They looked like the actual people. Like, the eyes looked alive and everything. The, um, the wax museum on the wharf used to be the super crappy wax museum where all the wax figures were, like, four feet tall. Like, they didn't even make them, like, the right height of people. Um, and it's been replaced by a Madame Trousseau's and it was, um, it's, it's really nice. I've been there before, but it has been a long time. I haven't been there. I haven't been to San Francisco since before COVID. Um, they have on the wharf, they have this arcade that has arcade machines, like from the twenties and thirties. They have like the little rides that my parents used to put us, my brother and I on that I think it probably at that time you probably put a nickel in and you know just ride it just kind of goes back and forth but I can remember these from when I was little they have the arcade games from the 80s they have pinball machines it's just a really cool place and you can walk around it for free and then if you want to play, play anything of course you know you um you get quarters and they don't gouge you on it like I think um the centipede game, I think, actually just cost a quarter. And there were some things that they charged a little bit more for, but it is a, a nice thing. So I walked the entire uh, Fisherman's Wharf, and then I went to this restaurant called um, Helmand. And it's an Afghan restaurant. It, it's lovely people, lovely food, just delicious. They have a roasted pumpkin that is to die for and I get this vegetarian plate that has like a sauteed spinach their pita bread is is kind of like bread slash pita it's a little bit different than a regular pita bread um I ordered hummus uh, they have an okra on their vegetable plate it's just delicious so I get back to the hotel room like 8 p.m I'm exhausted I just, I went straight to bed and a Friday I get up early. I'm feeling refreshed. I showered. I had breakfast at the hotel. I went to the morning session and then I had to do, I had a court hearing for myself. Um, so it did screw up my schedule, but there was nothing I could do about it. It got scheduled for, um, the time that I was there they knew I was in a conference. It was the only time everyone could do it. We had a deadline to do it. So um, I ended up missing uh, a, a few hours at the conference. And I let my small session know. And my instructors were so great that it was not a problem. They're completely understanding. And then I took a walk. Um, walked around Chinatown a little bit. Got a foot massage from... Um, this lovely place. The people were so nice. And then I took an Uber and I went to this place called Golden Era, which is one of the best vegan restaurants I've ever eaten at. 
they have these vegan chicken drumsticks that are just our fave. Um, they have a great drum drumstick, and then there's another place in by Universal Studios in LA that has a great drumstick, and just was so good. And um, went back to the conference in the afternoon. Uh, worked at the hotel for a few hours, and then I had been walking. I didn't stay at the hotel where the conference was. I stayed down the street so I could get my Marriott points and my benefits for being, you know, whatever my status is for the Marriott. So I got like breakfast and an upgraded room, things like that. But every day that I was walking to the conference, there was this little Italian restaurant and I thought I'm going to go there for dinner. So I had um, dinner there and I ordered a glass of Prosecco. The owner kept calling me Bella, which was nice, <laughs> sweet that someone would still call me Bella. And I was reading a book, like an actual pages, you know, pages paper book. And he goes, it's so nice to see someone reading a book. He says, everyone's on their phone. And he was a, an Italian guy with an Italian accent, like very nice, like very nice place. And I had, um, just a very simple pasta that was very flavorful and delicious. I walked a ton in San Francisco. It was so nice. My trip was so bizarre. Do you ever go on a trip and it feels like you're gone for ages, but you're only gone for a couple of days? It was like I was in another universe or something. And I don't know if it was because I left so late that one night that it just threw me off entirely. I can't explain it. It was just a super bizarre, um, super bizarre feeling that I had. And um, I was worried about going to San Francisco. I was actually kind of stressed because when you hear things about California, you hear about all the issue that they're having with the homeless. And I was worried a little bit about safety being... Um, someone on my own who was traveling but anywhere that I was I was kind of like by Chinatown I was in the business district I was in by Embarcadero it was fine it was great I did see a, a very bad patch where people were just camped out on um, like Mission and Leavenworth just living on the, the streets living on city streets but where I was walking around it was very nice Saturday, I still had the conference, had it in the morning, and um, I left a tiny bit early or to go um, to be able to catch my flight. A lot of people for the conference was were staying through Sunday, but I had a full week the next week with court, so I really had to leave Saturday afternoon. And so I went back to the hotel and um, packed and showered and left for the airport. The travel days were great. Like the getting to and from the airport was so quick. I was never stuck in traffic. And I was able to use any of the travel time to work on getting ready for my oral argument. Had a nice flight back. And then um, I was at the lounge in San Francisco, the American Lounge. And it might be one of my favorite lounges. They had vegetarian meatball sliders just for like, um, like on their regular 
buffet. You can always order food, but they had that there. They had a really good pasta salad. I usually don't like pasta salads at places because they're, they taste old. And when I make my pasta salad, like I make it and put it on the table. It's fresh. But I think pasta salad often sits. And this pasta salad was good. Like it was good. Like I had this great time in this lounge. And their setup is great. Like you can sit at regular tables and chairs. You can sit in sort of a comfier chair. You can sit in an area that has, it's almost like a little couch. So you could sort of put up your feet or you could put your bags next to you or you could work. There was lots of tables. And then there was also a quiet area that kind of had like a, like these chaise lounges. So after I got done eating, I actually went and sat back there. They had showers, like if you wanted to shower. It was just the nicest lounge ever and friendly. Like the people who worked there were just as friendly as could be. I've been, I'm hoping I'm not jinxing myself, but I always fly American for my points. And the people who've been working have been really great. I've just been, have just had the most wonderful staff from American. The people who've been checking me in, um, the flight attendants, like everyone's been really nice. All right. So I fly back in. It sort of took, my husband was picking me up. It kind of took forever because um, part of the highway was closed down. Here is a huge pet peeve about Arizona. When they do construction, they do it on the weekends and they completely shut down miles of freeway. So what happens is if you don't know it, you end up getting stuck in the worst traffic jam of all time. And that's what happened to him. And I said, you should have took, cause I, I usually take, um, this is getting so, like super local about the highways, but I usually take the 51 to the airport instead of the 17. Like, I just think it has less traffic and it just seems easier to me. And he doesn't do that. He takes the 17 to the 10. And I said, well, are you going to make fun of me for taking the 51 now? Look how long it took you to get there. So we picked up um, pizza at Spinato's, um, which is on the way back from the airport, and we brought it home to everyone and just had a, like a nice pizza party. Got to see my grandsons, relax. I was exhausted, exhausted, exhausted. Went to bed. Sunday, um, I get up, I go to the office, and I was there for quite a bit, like a few hours. And I just kept thinking, okay, you were gone two work days. Why is there so much work? Why is there so much mail? Why is there? And, and I know um, you're probably thinking, oh, she probably didn't look at her emails when she was gone. Nope. I stayed on top of my emails the entire time I was there because I figured, well, at least if I get go through my emails, then um, that's one less thing to do. So that left mail going through work of my staff, um, checking any messages on my phone that were left from the last time I checked them. And I don't know, maybe that's it. <laughs> so I did all that. And I think my staff was pretty surprised when they got there on Monday, because I had so much work waiting for them. Again, gone to office days. And I 
felt like I was gone for a month. I had a huge stack of telephone messages and a back pile of work. And I'm still getting ready for a giant hearing that I have this coming week. So now my week back, it's just insane. On Monday, I had a hearing and then a bunch of meetings. That same day, I returned about two dozen calls. And I couldn't even get them all done on Monday. I just ran out of time. I was even returning calls when I was putting on makeup in the morning. On Tuesday, I so think, oh, well, Tuesday I can get it done. Nope. On Tuesday, I have a full day of court. I actually settled the morning case, but I had to drive halfway there before the court said they vacated it. And then my client in the afternoon one, my client got sick, so that another one canceled. But it's not like when these things cancel, my day is just like instantly free. Because like with the first one, I had to drive halfway to Mesa before I could turn around and go back. So I was still out of the office. And then the second one, it was a bunch of back and forth of like talking to my client, finding out what happened with her. Um, talking to opposing counsel, talking to the judge, you know, to get it canceled, getting the new date, filing a motion to extend, like all this stuff had to be done. But it did let me sort of catch up a little bit. I even got to a spin class in the evening, but Wednesday was my super insano day. I left at 7.30 to go to trial and it was downtown. So of course, when I have something like that, it can't be at the easy court. There's a court that's basically 20 minutes from my house. Traffic when it's bad isn't too bad. Parking is fine. You just park at the court. You walk right in. When I have downtown court, I have to park at a garage. There is the worst construction ever all around the court. All the parking meters are gone. So now you have to park in a garage. I have to walk. I had a heavy file and I park. And I'm like, okay, like this, the time seems to be going okay. And I left an hour and a half before my hearing. And when on your best day, it takes maybe 30 minutes to get there. So I'm giving myself this huge cushion. And I go in I, to the parking garage, the escalator's broken. So I walk to the elevator. There's a homeless person sleeping in the elevator. So I don't get in and I have to take... I have to walk up the escalator with the heavy file. So I walk in, I'm like 10 minutes early, and the judge says, well, we might as well get started. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'm still panting, red-faced. But I'm like, well, maybe we can get done early and I can grab lunch before my deposition because I had a 1230 deposition and my hearing was supposed to end at 12. No such luck. The hearing ends at 1215 and then I have to run to the deposition. On the way to the depo deposition, there was, and actually, I wasn't running, but I had to walk in heels down the street and carry files. I stopped at a Dunkin' Donut that was on the way, and I shoved some munchkins into my mouth and got a refresher that I brought with me. And so I'm hungry, I'm tired, um, the... It was feeling like it was going to rain, so like my hair didn't look good. And then when I got to the deposition, I guess this is kind of a good thing. It did start pouring, but I was safely inside. And I'm just like, oh, please, 
let it stop raining by the time I get out of here because I have to walk back to the parking garage and it did so I was really really lucky because it poured cats and dogs so I get home it's like five ish a little after five and the next day I have appointments and a 4 p.m. court hearing so I finished um my appointments on Thursday so now it's Thursday and I did I had a, like a 4 p.m. hearing like what a crazy time for a hearing but I so I did that one at home actually um because I was trying to go to a five o'clock spin class it was my hundredth class so I was so excited because they will celebrate you on those milestones and they decorated my bike and they took my picture and they cheered for me and I was just so happy it was like a perfect way to end the week um, last week also was stressful because my sister-in-law slash legal assistant was out most of the week my father-in-law slipped off the bed and they kept him in the hospital for a few days. It's a long story. He's fine. Like, really, really, he's fine. But she was gone, like, really, most of the week. And um, Friday was Veterans Day. So that was a, you know, a court holiday. So I just basically, both of my staff members were out. So I basically just kept my office closed because I had no staff. I worked at home on stuff I needed to work on, and I went to the office for about an hour or two just to um, go through some things, and I had to pick some things up. I also got a massage in the morning because I've been having terrible back pains and headaches, and my headaches, I am pretty sure, are related to stress, and I get them like on the back of my neck. My daughters keep telling me, go to go to this chiropractor that we go to, and it will really help you. And I did go to him, um, I think it was Tuesday, I was headed to the office, and his office is on the way to my office, and I thought, I'm just going to go in and see if he can see me, and if this helps, because I can't take it anymore. I'll go to sleep with a headache and the sleep's not helping, pain reliever's not helping, and I went, and he said, you are all jammed up, you are my challenge for the day, when he, I wanted my neck, my neck was so jammed up, I just wanted him to grab it, and I wanted that, all that crack and release, and it really didn't happen, or at least to me, it felt like it didn't happen, but something happened because by the time I got to the office my headache was gone and I haven't had a headache since so I did schedule a massage I have a therapist that I met that can actually travel to my house which has made my life a ton easier and um he frankly like beat up on me you know and he said your top of your back is super tight your hips are in bad shape, like it's all bad. And I felt really beat up on Friday and Saturday. I felt pretty sore from the massage and Sunday. I felt pretty darn good. So Friday night, I'm like, I'm going to bed really early. Like I'm getting a head start 
on the weekend by just getting sleep. And then I'll get up early and get things going. So um, I had my grandson for a while. Uh, and my daughter gets him. I'm starting to doze off. And all our electricity goes out. And it turns out that it was a prank <laughs> on these girls that not my daughter doesn't even really know. Like her friend knows them. So they thought it would be funny to do it. But we didn't know what it was. Like we thought it was um, the electricity going off in the neighborhood. And so we called the neighbors. I have really good neighbors. And they um, are like, no, our electricity's on. And their cameras actually caught the people who turned off our electricity. And then my neighbors bought me a box, a lock, <laughs> to put on the electric box so someone can't turn off my electricity again. So that's like the craziness, you know. And as a lawyer, it's like very nerve-wracking because you never know. I had something pretty bad happen to me a couple years ago um, I, where I had to call the police. Whatever happened, they never found out who did it. I've been threatened with bodily harm. I've been told that I'm the devil and evil. And it's scary and it's heartbreaking. Like, I'm out there just doing a job. And for people to have these reactions to you can be very scary. So when our electricity is turned off, I don't know if it's something bad like that happening. But thank God it was just a prank. We're all fine. So on Saturday, I had a lawyer event, and on Saturday morning, I took a really long walk with my daughter and my two grandsons. We took them to the park, and they ran around, and um, then I had a women's lawyer event that I went to, and then a, um, a friend had a, like a Friendsgiving, and throughout the day, I, I just worked on it, on and off. So Sunday, I usually try to stay home and just work quietly. And a lot of times, like, we'll wash my sheets and that sort of thing. But I actually did a ton on Sunday and feel sort of energized about it. Maybe I need to get out more on Sundays. I got up early, got up like at 6. I worked for several hours. Um, my grandson got up. I fed him breakfast. I went to spin class. I picked up my oldest daughter and grandson, and we went to Hallmark to um, get cards. And then there's a bagel shop next door, Einstein's. Einstein's are my favorite bagels. I know it's a chain, but they are just my all-time favorite bagels. I dropped them off, and then I went to the place where I get the cryogenic freezing. And I also did a vitamin IV. Then I went to my office and, and picked up some stuff, did a little bit of work. I then went to the library. I had some books to pick up. I picked up the books, and then I sat, and I studied some of my materials for my oral argument. I went home, and my daughter had made dinner so I could work more, and that's it. It's Sunday night. It's Sunday night about 8. After I finish up here, I'll go to bed. So I have three hearings tomorrow, and then for the next two days, while I'm not in court, 
I'll just be working. And then Wednesday is my big hearing that I've been preparing for, for two months. Longer really than two months, but like specifically for this hearing, it's been two months. So a lot of pressure on me right now. And the next two weeks, I have so much to do, like personal and work. I have a charity event, an annual charity event for Crohn's and colitis that I go to every year. I was friends, I was lucky enough to be friends with Meadowlark Lemon. He died, you know, it's been a few years now, and I'm still friends with his family, and they are having some memorial events for him coming up. They were supposed to happen in 2020, but guess what? They were canceled, and I have events for them on Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday is my nephew's wedding. And then three days later is Thanksgiving. So I'm going to try as relax as much as possible on Thanksgiving weekend. That is my beacon of light that is shining. And if I don't get any, any rest, I'm going to just really fall out. Like it's going to be a push for the next week. And it got me thinking about being a workaholic and just like working yourself to death. And I had a horrible story that just happened over the last couple of days. There's an attorney that I know that I've known for many years, probably 20 at least. He, I don't want to give too, I don't want to give out too much personal information. So let me try to think how to tell this story. Um, He fights the good fight, you know, and has a practice where he gets assignments from the court. He went to court on Friday. Everyone saw him. People thought he, I didn't see him that day, Um, but people just thought he looked regular, like everything seemed fine. He attended his hearings. He met with clients He went home and had a massive stroke and had to be put on life support, which he was taken off of a couple days later, and then he died. And there was a quote, you know, from his wife that sort of something along the lines of, you know, his passion was being a lawyer, so he kind of died doing what he loved, like, you know, worked up to the last day, and he wouldn't have wanted to have it any other way. I was telling my youngest daughter this story and I said, if I die and it's a day that I was practicing law, I said, do not say that I died doing what I loved because, you know, our job is not our identity. It can be to a certain extent, you know, I carry around a lot of this job with me mentally for sure. Like cases are always in my head. I'm always thinking about things I need to do. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I send myself an email of something that I thought of for a case or something additional that I want to do on something. Um, I'm calling people while I'm getting ready in the morning. Um, If I have court and I know that there's going to be a ton of traffic, I maybe try to... return two or three calls. I'm physically carrying my work around with me all the time. 
like stuff that I need to review and get ready and have my laptop with me all the time. Like it is with me all the time. But is this my identity? Is this the only thing that I am? No, like none of us are like this. So how do you save yourself from working yourself to like the, the last day of your life? Um, you know, do what you can, number one, to delegate and have staff. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if I need to get another staff member. This week was tough. My, um, I only have two staff members. If one of them out is one of, one of them is out, that's tough. If both of them are out, I have literally have no staff. And what the other thing is like setting limits. So you do, you need time to be whoever it is that you are. You know, if you are a parent or a grandparent or someone who likes to read books or someone who likes to run or travel or a garden, I'm kind of giving like super lame examples. <laughs> and I like think of some cool examples. You like to skydive, whatever it is. Like make sure that you're doing that and just not working yourself to death. Because the one thing, you know, if I'm sure this attorney, if someone would have told him you are going to have a massive stroke today, he probably didn't want to spend that last day going to court. He would have called up the um, office and said, can you call the judges and let them know I'm not going to be in today? I'm going to spend the day, you know, looking in my wife's eyes. I'm going to take her out to lunch. Um, we're going to walk around the block. Like, I'm going to make sure that I see my kids, see my grandkids. Like, that is what you would do with your last day not work it and then go home and die. So like personally, I've been extremely distressed by this story because I have had the last couple of weeks where I've been working like crazy and, um, you know, there's nothing young about me anymore. I've been in practice for 23 years. Um, I have two adult children. I have a third child that is a couple of years away from being an adult. I have grandchildren. Uh, you know, I got something from my high school that they, you know, our 30-year reunion didn't happen because of COVID. And they're getting together this year because everyone turned 50. I didn't go. Um, it was, it, I was actually in San Francisco and couldn't get back to Chicago. But, um... And I really haven't kept in touch with people from high school. I've been gone in Arizona for so long. But getting that email saying, we're all 50, I still picture the people that I went to high school with as being kids. And they're not. I mean, a lot of them are going to be grand grandparents now. They all have careers. Like, it's crazy, you know? And And I'm sure that on any sort of last day, they don't want to be doing whatever their job is. Another thing that I'm um, really working on is distractions during work. If I come in and I know that there are three or four things that I need to get out the door, 
I walk in and I tell everybody I cannot take phone calls for like the next two hours because if they are just patching calls through to me, it's not going to happen and I am like working on things. Or if I'm returning calls to people, um, I just have to power through with that. So um, like the day that I return calls, I just literally was like powering through. I was taking the messages, returning calls, returning calls, returning calls, and, and got through them in two days. Um, it's crazy. I was gone two days and had to be on the phone like two solid days. Kind of doesn't make sense. Having systems are really important. I'm working on systems all the time because that actually is something that's very difficult. Especially when you have, um, you know, staff members, you have to make sure that you're all sort of coordinating like, hey, I'm doing this and um, I'll need you to do this, you know, kind of have like an A, B, and C order. Work, okay, so if you're working, you, you know, you have your personal time too, but you also need, I don't want to call it me time, um, but more self-care. I have a doctor's appointment coming up and the doctor's appointment is six months overdue. I have had to keep pushing it out. I am finally able to get this doctor's appointment and I also had to schedule it at eight in the morning. I had some other appointments um, that were also scheduled at eight in the morning and I would end up with like an 8.30 court hearing that I had to physically go to and had to keep pushing this appointment over and over and over again. And But that's, there was nothing sort of that I could do. But it was kind of crazy, like how it worked out. Like I cannot have one hour to be able to get this appointment done. Um, so just making sure that I'm not neglecting myself, you know, so every time I had to push it off, I would call and get it rescheduled and tried to reschedule it where I thought something wouldn't conflict. But I'll tell you, I've had to push it out like four or five times. I'm pretty good about um, getting therapy on myself. My body is in bad shape. I don't know if it is years of walking in heels years of carrying kids, years of carrying heavy files around. I have um, pain in my um, neck. I get headaches. I get lower back. I get hip pain. And I do a variety of things to keep moving. It includes exercise. It includes therapy. And, and just doing my best to like just not be curled up in pain every night. And, and then the last thing is just enjoy yourself when you can, you know, make sure that whatever you do for enjoyment, you have time to do it. My friend, Neil, I had lunch with them a few months ago and we were talking about this and talking about like the demands that clients can put on you. And we were talking about, he was saying, you know, and I'm, he kind of mirrors my practice. Like I feel like we have a lot in common in terms of how we practice, which is a lot of times 
we are super available because we are working all the time. But we also have days where we are in court the entire day or in depositions the entire day. So you can't get back to people. And then we have days where we're going to go to the doctor and get health appointments. And then we'll have days where we're just going to like leave town. Um, so there's a couple of scenarios where you might not be able to get a hold of us. And if the client isn't going to understand that, if they think you're going to be there 24 seven, then that is a problem, you know, because you still are a person, you know, like when I walked into the deposition the other day, I was like, um, I said, I know we're starting now, but I said, I need a minute. I just got out of court and I need a minute. And it's just sort of those things where you need to do things like personally for yourself. I needed to run a comb through my hair. I needed to powder my nose. I needed to get into the restroom. You know, there were certain things that I needed to do before we could get started. So that is my topic for today, which is make sure that when you're doing what you love, that you don't die doing what you love. Okay, I have a couple of reviews on uh, books, TV shows, movies. One is a movie called Campfire Tales. And a friend sent it to me because it's not streaming anywhere. And I was on a Glenn Quinn rabbit hole. Glenn Quinn is an actor who's deceased. He played Mark on Roseanne. He played Doyle on Angel. And um, just like died. He died of a drug overdose. He was just like he was someone I really enjoyed. He was my favorite character on Roseanne. Um, he was in season one of Angel, and they had killed him off. And I think they killed him off because he was having problems. And I, I missed him quite a bit in the show. Like, he added a lot to that show. And they replaced him with someone else that, um, not replaced him as the same character, but... Um, sort of replaced the role that he had and it worked but I just always really missed him on that show and um so I was looking at his IMDb and I saw this movie called Campfire Tales that was a horror anthology movie that had all these people in it um Ron Livingston um James Marsden Amy Smarts Gosh, I can't remember the name of the one actor. Uh, Christine Taylor. She's married to Ben Stiller now. Tons of recognizable names. And I thought, and it's a horror anthology. And I thought, I've never heard of this movie. I have never seen this movie. So I was going to stream it. You know, even if I had to rent it on Apple or Amazon, I was that intrigued. It was nowhere. The only thing you could do was buy a DVD. I don't even think I have a DVD player anymore. So I didn't uh, buy it, but I was talking about it when I was on the film vault and a friend heard it and then sent it to me. Um, they, had a they had a downloaded copy, which had Swedish subtitles, which were a little weird, but totally fine. Well, I watched it when I was in San Francisco. It's good. I cannot believe it is not out there as sort of a Halloween staple. 
it has an ending that um, didn't entirely stick, but it was kind of cool. And, and, and I liked it. And I'm like, no one's heard of it. I still need to talk to my brother about it because I don't know if he's ever heard of it. And he's big on horror. I also saw a movie called Weird. It's on the Roku channel. It's a brand new movie. It's Daniel Radcliffe where he plays Weird Al Yankovic. It is not a straight biography. It is hilarious. It's like a parody. So he wrote the parody songs and he sort of, sort of did a parody of his life. And I totally cracked up. There's just millions of little jokes. It's like a scary movie. It's like an airplane, um, neck, naked gun, like all of those, but with the music industry and with Weird Al Yankovic. Um, so enjoyable. So enjoyable. It's on the Roku channel. It's brand new. You can watch it for free. They do have commercials, which was slightly annoying, but it was... Um, a hundred percent like people need to see this like I've been telling everyone to watch it my sister-in-law was like oh I just figured it was awful I'm like no like you really have to see this it's like as cute as can be I finished the book what Alice forgot which is probably the third or fourth Leanne Moriarty book that I've read I love her books I usually hate fiction she writes wonderful endings and this book made me think a lot because it was about a woman named Alice. She's 40 years old. She falls off her bike at spin class. And when she wakes up, she thinks it's 10 years prior. So she's 39, but she thinks she's 29. She doesn't remember her kids. She um, doesn't realize her and her husband are getting a divorce. She thinks she's pregnant with her first child. Like, there's all this stuff happening. Um, and if you think about it, so I kept thinking about what if I went back 10 years ago and that's all I remembered, what, what would I forget? I would forget my grandchildren. My daughter Maggie would be five years old. You know, my other girls would be um, teens. Like, it's crazy. Like, what happens in 10 years? I think my, my husband and I would be exactly the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and it, and, and, and what she did with the ending was just beautiful, kind of sobbed at the end. Like it just was a book that I loved. It might be my favorite book of hers. I read Truly Madly Guilty truly guilty madly something like that that one was uh very very good i read nine perfect strangers that one was amazing A apples never fall was probably my favorite one and i'm gonna read all of her books like they're so gosh darn enjoyable i am watching the new season of american horror story it's american horror story nyc i would say it's very disappointing it's not like the worst thing ever, but it's not an American horror story. And American horror story takes like different, they go different places. Like because their seasons are so different, you can have like the, the most different season ever. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. 
like murder house, uh, asylum, hotel, and freak show kind of have the same thing, but very different topics. You have a lot of reoccurring actors, which is amazing. And then there was a couple of other seasons, like Roanoke ended up being not one of my favorite. I um, liked Cult. I know a lot of people didn't like Cult. I thought Double Feature, which was the season before, was pretty good. Um, you know, like Cult, um, uh, you know, a Cult might be more towards the top for me. Double Feature might be a little bit towards the bottom, but I can't, they all had the American Horror Story feel to it. This doesn't. This is more like a police procedural. There's really no reoccurring people. Dennis O'Hare has a smallish part. Billy Lord has a smallish part. And there's a lot of cast members. And they're good. Like, they're good cast members. There's good acting. But it's just not the same. It's sort of like Law and Order on steroids. It's just not the same as... um other American horror stories. Sandra Bernhardt's back. She was in, I think she was in the cult season. It's just like fine, but it's definitely not, it doesn't have that American horror story feel to me. So if you're thinking about American horror story and you haven't watched it, start at the beginning. <laughs> Murder House is the best one. Um, I think Coven is probably my second favorite. I am a standalone on Loving Hotel. A lot of people don't like it. I like it quite a bit. I thought Lady Gaga was really good in it. Um, I didn't, I was sort of like on the fence about Freak Show and Asylum. And when I went back and watched them, I'm like, they're pretty solid. And when I watched Roanoke, I thought I really liked it. And when I watched it again, I'm like, meh, it's not, it doesn't, um, uh, it was fun to watch the first time around, but it's not like a rewatch one. Apocalypse was a really good one. They brought back a ton of the other people. They brought back a ton of the other storylines. So I don't know, you know, it's, uh, the season is just not doing it for me. So I think that is it for today. Take care of yourself. Make sure you get enough sleep, enough water, enough rest, that you monitor your schedule, do what you need to do. Thank you everyone for reaching out to me. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes and Patreon under Florence Legally Burnett, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can also find it on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Under You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on my Facebook page under my name and under my law office. And my website is bremerlaw.com. Talk to you in two weeks.